And now it's time for the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, on ESPN UP. Here's your host, Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into The Sports Pen. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got Jake Durant from Local 3 in studio. Got a lot of football today. As I'm, I'm sure all right with that. Yeah. You we, know, we're right in the thick of things now. Mm-hmm. High school, NFL's kicking off. Packers got that preseason game. Lions got a preseason game, which is going to air on uh, Local 3 actually on Friday. So, Which the, one? Um, Packers the, or Lions? The Lions game. Okay. Lions versus Raiders, I think it is. That's right. And the uh, Packers play the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night from okay. Lambeau Field. So okay, nice. Do a little plug. There you go. Yeah. Got to get it in. Got to get it in. We've also both been doing high school football previews now, so... We'll give a little tease of our preview show on Saturday and give some. We talk a little Gwyn, talk a little Marquette. So just to get wet the appetite a little bit until you can uh, get there for Saturday. Aaron Rodgers has some ideas for if he was commissioner. Also, I'm, vote, too- I'm voting for Aaron Rodgers. Well, you can't vote for the NFL commissioner. Well, it's just, it just kind I'm, of I'm supporting him. You're supporting him. Yes, there okay. we go. That's, that's a word. All right. He's also not too happy with some of his teammates. A little trouble in paradise. I heard about that. that not not great effort from the young guys. Oh, I, I saw that yesterday. Uh oh. Is, is I, the season crumbling already? Uh oh. You know, you could think of it that way. I think he's just trying to get you know get light a little fire underneath these young guys. Okay. I think that's kind of his thing. Anytime the leader of your team speaks up and you know directly talks about your performance and how it's not uh up to par i think if you're any player young player you're gonna come out the next day and and really start to focus a little bit better maybe they just had to get you know back on the rails a little Mm -hmm. bit you hope that's what happens i hope so not always though (laughs) right let's start with some surprising news for today the ncaa made some pretty big changes to college basketball basically they looked at everything that the fbi arrested all those guys for and they said let's make that not a rule anymore and so uh, a couple of the things, um, the NCAA will allow elite high school and college prospects to be re- represented by an agent. So basically, if you're a high school senior, USA Basketball will determine if you are elite or not. And if you get picked to be elite, you can get an agent before you go to college. So are they kind of like trying to save some kids who might think they're elite, but is there like requirements? Yeah, well, this is weird because why, who is USA Basketball to say who's good and who's not? What if right. they're Canadian? Like R.J. Barrett from Duke, he's Canadian. Does he not get? Would he not get to have an agent under this, even though he's number one player? That's a very good question. You should look into that. I think we should. Right. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, it, you got to save the players from making really dumb mistakes. Um, but there is that select few that, you know, it's obvious – they're a little bit above the rest, mm-hmm. and um, their their best decision is maybe skipping college and going pro. So I think it's it's kind of set up to help those those blue chips, I guess you could say. Why not just let anybody get an agent? Because the agents are not going to represent you if you're trash. So that weeds out 99% of the players anyway. That's very true. I mean, unless you're just a, an up-and-coming agent trying to just get clientele. Just desperate. Just desperate and just have a bunch of just subpar mm-hmm. subpar kids, and then you're just telling them lies. Yeah, well— then, you know, I guess that, I don't know how it really works. You know, they also said that you can hire an agent after each year you're in college if you want to go through the draft process. But if you return to school, you have to cut ties with the agent. So basically, during the off season, you can have one. Then if you come back, you're back to normal. It also says it's one of these new rules that uh, if you are invited to the combine and you meet with this advisory board and you don't get drafted, you can come back to school. 
But this could be a little complicated too because what if the college you're at gives away your scholarship to somebody else? What if they have a full roster? Right. Is there, like a, is there like a gray period where you know the school can't do anything? or It kind of puts the school in limbo a little bit waiting for these players to – you know, decide or, mm-hmm. or see what happens with these players. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess these are the questions that, you know, they have to answer. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, they're allowing these players to get the agents, um, go through the process. I think if, if a player wants to do it and is looking to do it, you know, give them as much help as you can um, and as much people around you to make the best decision. Um, you know, I, I think it's all right. I don't see what the what the issue of getting an agent would be. Um, and I, and I like the fact that the kids can kind of just go tread the water and, and come back if, if need be. Right. This, this is also complicated because you have to get invited to the combine. So some guys who think they're good enough but then don't get invited, this rule wouldn't apply to them. Right. So they couldn't go out so it's, draft it's, and come so back. So, yeah, it's a select few players. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the top few percent of players, this is what it's, it's aimed towards. Mm-hmm. Um, the players who actually you know have the talent to – you know, move forward and actually go to the NBA. They don't want to waste time without, you know, every single athlete who thinks they can go pro, obviously. Um, they don't want everyone just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring. It's like, no, you're not. I don't know if there's ever been a player who wasn't invited to the Combine who was then drafted. Because if the, if the NBA doesn't want you there, I think that's a pretty strong inclination you're not going to get drafted. Exactly. That's so I don't I mean. get why some of these kids still go. I don't get it either. You know, maybe they feel like if they can go out and just prove themselves with in that short uh, period of time, you know, have a, get some good games, you know, I guess. prove a team. Um, but, yeah, if, if I'm not getting any attention for it, I don't see why I would just stay back and, and just continue working on my game and, until, you know, I get noticed. Mm-hmm. Also, what you're going to see happening is fans of schools are going to root for their players to not get drafted now so that they can hope that they come back. So it's going to be completely different on draft night where you're rooting for your guy to get picked, even if he's a little bit of an underdog. Now you'll be like, please do not get picked. Please. It almost, if you're like a mid to late second round guy, it almost might be better for you not to get drafted because you can either pick your team with an under, as an undrafted free agent or have the option to go back. Whereas if you're the 60th pick, that's got to be the worst now where you're stuck there. <laughs> Still don't have much of a chance to make it, and that, you can't go back. Think about that. You're one of the last picks, if not the last pick, and then your school, it's its over. Yeah, that's it. it it's, it's, you're in limbo right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of terrible. Maybe maybe they're going to be hoping it. You know, Maybe the second round players are like, you know what? Actually, I'm good. Don't, don't draft me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's been players who've done that. Right. You it's mean, like it's too late now. Just don't even, don't even do it. I'm good. I don't want to play for yeah, you anymore. I'm going to go back to school. Actually, I think this year it was Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother who was the last pick. Kostas Antetokounmpo. I heard he's actually pretty good, too. He's all right. I don't know why. I, I, if I was a team, I would take a chance a little bit earlier, I think. Um, whoever, who, did, who got them? I think, was it, I think it was no the, idea. the Mavs or something. I don't really know. Couldn't but I, I heard they're, they're the youngest of the three brothers is actually the best player. There's another one. There's a third one. He's, uh, I think he's like 13. He's already like 6'7". Oh. Like a seven foot wingspan, and he's just a monster. Uh, Giannis said he's way better than him. What? So think about that. A third, way better than him when he was. Yeah, 13. yeah when he was thirteen. I was gonna say, like, please, let's. let's uh, the guy's six seven with like a seven two wingspan at like, you know, sophomore in high school. I Can you know. imagine being that young and having to go against someone that size? 
It's just not fair. It's not fair. You couldn't do anything about it, especially a guy who can do it all. Like, I'm, he's a ball handler. He can dunk, dribble, shoot. It's ridiculous. Some good genes. So get yeah. ready. Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Look ahead in the future. Let's see. That's So he's 13, so give him five years because he'll be able to go in right as a high schooler. Right. So Detroit might be able to turn it around then. 2023 draft. Yep. Number Mark one overall down. pick. Mark it down. After, Pistons. Yeah. Okay. Another weird kind of small rule, uh, agents can now pay for meals and transportation for players and their families if the expenses are related to the agent selection process. Also, the student cannot miss class and the money must be spent where the student lives, blah, blah, blah. Student high school, co- college student athletes and their families can have meals, transportation, lodging paid for. If the meetings are associated with an agent or a pro team. So basically, when we had that long list of players and mm-hmm. coaches involved by the FBI probe, they've got to be actually pretty mad right now because they got caught when it was illegal. Now it's legal. They were the example. Are they still in trouble now? What happens? Could they fight it? Maybe. Maybe they could fight it. But all, everything you're saying, it just makes sense. Why not let, you know, allow it? I think it's just, it was just time. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. And because I honestly think it's obviously happening across the country. Everybody you know, knows. they can bust everybody if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just time, you know, to, to just let it be and, and let these players, you know, make decisions and just try to help them as best as you can. How many I think st- it, it, it's probably going to help players come back. I think in the long run, it'll help more players actually come back to school. Right. You because if I mean? they, so it's helping college. It should. That's what they think. Mm-hmm. They, I think the NCAA for a long time, they probably still think this, that the more power the players have, the worse it is. They don't want them to have any power. Right. They want to be under the NCAA's thumb. But if you do give them a little bit of this freedom, that's right. They will realize, get to learn and realize that they can come back and they'll appreciate it more probably instead of just thinking they it's it's all or nothing and then they make that leap and then it just goes horribly wrong sometimes. Yeah, and you know young kids they kind of rebel, you know, when they feel like the NCAA isn't in their best favor, they're trying to get out there quick. Mm-hmm. So if you you kind of be like, "Okay, the the NCAA actually cares about us as athletes, you know, they're actually, you know, giving us a little bit more of what we're worth." You know, maybe they'll be a little bit more in tune to, to just come back. I think that's a I think it's a good move. I think I, I don't see anything wrong with any of any of it. Now, the next thing we need to work on is the memorabilia, because did you see what happened at North Carolina with the football team? No. They sold, I think it was 13 players got caught selling their Jordans that they got that are super exclusive because they're on the team for a couple grand each. So they got busted for it, and now they're all suspended. I'm thinking if you are given shoes or something. It's your possession. It's your property. Why can't you do with it what you want? Right. It's it's a secondary violation according to the NCAA. A couple of these guys get suspended for four games. Wow, I think it's you know more power to them. Do what they got to do to get you know get some money and get it done. Yeah, college students, man, it's it's a struggle. Right. You know what I mean? They need food for or they need money for food and things like that. They don't need to be wearing twenty five hundred dollars shoes. Exactly, especially when they're given like ten pairs. Exactly. I don't need ten pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're actually wasting money giving these these kids shoes when you could actually just give them a little bit of money to live right exactly i think that might be a little more important right jalen rose even said on tv yesterday that he sold a lot of his gear while he was at michigan and they there was even a shoe line i can't remember which brand it was i think it was nike where it was the fab five edition but they didn't get any money from that even though it's based off directly off of them and then you weren't allowed to sell it i mean that's it's just so silly when you think about it was exposing the kids for money, mm-hmm. you know, and 
I just think the the players these days are becoming smarter. They're they're understanding how things work, and it's 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 time that you know the NCAA is kind of like okay, we can't really get away with what we've been getting away with. We got to kind of give these players some leniency here and and equal this out just a little bit. I, obviously, it's not a lot, but um, I was always supportive of, of players getting paid a certain amount of money to to be an athlete because they bring in the tickets. They're the one doing the work, and the coaches are out here getting paid millions of dollars. And the players are, you know, the stars. They're on the ones on TV. They're the ones putting in the work. Then they go home and they're starving. You know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any. It just didn't make any sense. It just makes no sense. So maybe this is a step in the right direction. I think it's. Just, I think it is. I if, think that it's a. It's going to be a slow process, but I think that's the direction they're going. It's also weird. What kind of situation in life have you heard of where so many people are breaking the rules that they just decide to change the rules so they're not breaking them anymore? That's basically what happened. That's that basically what happened. Yeah, it's it just goes to show. No one, you know, um, it was just a bad rule. I mean, it's like, hey, everybody is uh, committing burglary, so we're going to make burglary legal now. Right. I don't that's think how you a, solve the problem. It's a, as that extreme, <laughs> I know. But but yeah. still, that's kind of the idea. What we're seeing here, right? You know, it's kind of like uh, when you're in class and, and the teacher's like, "All right, no cell phones." No cell phones in class, and like it happened, mm-hmm. kid. You know, kids will not use their cell phones, but slowly but surely, you see one person take out the phone. Kids are on the cell phone, and then it's just like, all right, well, now it's your education. Yep. So deal with it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like do what you want, but you know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, it's time for these 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 kids to make their own decisions. So mm-hmm. a lot of them can, but the NCAA doesn't want to let them. Right. The other thing they need to do is figure out a way to get their name, image, and likeness back on the NCAA video games. Yes. I think that's the next step. I would love, you know, Madden is kind of just getting a little stale for me. So Mm -hmm. I would love to get like an NCAA football game, even the basketball game, the March Madness games were were fun um, way back, back in the day. I think, was that 2007 the last one that came out or something like that? Something crazy. I I think I had that one. I think Mm -hmm. Raymond Felton was on the cover. Was it? I thought it was Kevin Love. Well, I might have, maybe mine was 06. Okay. Mine might have been 06. Gonna have to look this up. But that was the last one. uh, Raymond Felton, North Carolina. Um, Definitely. But yeah, Denard Robinson on on the cover of uh, NCAA. That was the last one I played. You're right. 06, Raymond Felton. Mm. That's the last one I bought. Okay. I was 07. Oh, it was, uh, what's his face from Gonzaga? Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Close. So how did anyone think he was going to be a good traffic? Well, he had diabetes, and nobody ever knew until they drafted him. That's right when he got drafted, he was like, ha. I don't know if that was like a thing or uh, what, but he couldn't. That was why he fizzled out. Right. He had a good rookie season. I remember him having to like drink soda and and eat on the court or whatever. It's hard. It is hard. So that's why he fizzled out. I mean, good for him. He, you know, overcame a lot. I just remember Matt Gonzaga. He had the crustache, the long hair. He, his game was ugly. It wasn't even that great. He's just he a just grinder. Got it done. He just got it done. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. It's all the, the cliches and stereotypes. Exactly. When we come back, we're going to hear what Aaron Rodgers has to say about the NFL and what he would do if he was commissioner. Uh, some, some good ideas, some not so good ideas. I'm sure you love them all just because he's Aaron Rodgers. You, he's got your, your, your vote apparently already. I support Rodgers. Rodgers 2020? Yep. All right. We'll see what he's got to say after this. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. If Aaron Rodgers was the NFL commissioner for a day, he's got a lot on his mind for what he wants to do. He talked with the ringer about some of his ideas. 
Uh, should we just run through them? Yeah. Yay or nay? Let's see what he's got. Uh, first one, no franchise tags. Yay or nay? I say yay. I like I like the kind of what he, what he was saying. You know, it, it gives the teams a chance to maybe sign these players earlier. And obviously for the players, you're not held hostage. And you can kind of get your money when need be. I think, I, I think I'm all for it. I think if they were to keep the franchise tag, it should only be one time. I don't think it's fair that you can do it, it three times. Right, it's 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 ridiculous. You know, when these players are here holding out. It's like, oh, we're just going to franchise take you. Yeah, then you, know? you get a guy who doesn't even want to play. Right, and it's just the NFL. You know, you get hurt at any point in the in the in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, for the players, it's not great being on the franchise tag. Anytime you're on the franchise tag, it's kind of like you're taking a chance. But at the same time, but you're getting paid really well for the year. So I see where it's going, but. Um, I like the I like the idea. I like the idea of players moving a little bit more, you know, a little similar to the NBA. Yeah, um, that's what he talked about to make right. the off season more entertaining. Off season more entertaining, you know. Could we see super teams in the NFL? Is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, maybe not. But if his other idea goes through, we could. Because right now the NFL has a hard salary cap. You oh, yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. go over it, no matter what. What Rodgers wants is what the NBA has, where there's a salary cap, but you can still go over it and pay a luxury tax. He wants that. Yes. So teams that are willing to spend can, but they'll still pay a price for it. That's how you could probably get some more super teams. Yeah. I mean, I would be I would be for it. Um, I, I feel like that would hurt a lot of the smaller market teams, though. Probably would. I mean, it, do, it does in the NBA. Would Green Bay fizzle out? Probably. Probably. See, then it's okay in theory, and then when it hits your hurts your right. team, it's the worst. Maybe we'd see OBJ going to Cleveland and all these players going to Cleveland right now. It seems like that's the hot team. I don't think that would happen, actually. No? Cleveland would just have to spend exorbitant amounts of money on average players because that's all they can get. Right. And then they just do the same thing. Right. I mean, I, it would just take players to team up. I like the idea. I, I like how the NBA is run. I like you know the way it works. Um, with the bird rights and, and everything like that, when you talk about contracts and and you know things like that, I, I just like how the NBA works more than the NFL. The NFL is so like restricted; it's really hard. And and for players, there's a little opportunity. You literally have a small window where you can actually get paid what you're deserved. And you know, I, I just think it would it'll, it'll help the players. And I think that's what Rogers is kind of going with. You know, he's trying to be be for the players right i'm surprised he didn't bring up guaranteed contracts because that's a big thing that nfl players dream about i don't know if it'll just, ever happen i just don't th- i just think that's too too much especially in the nfl when players get hurt you know a team can't afford to be give a max you know guaranteed contract and have like two players not people in the, the nba field. get hurt too though but it's just not too, as much you know what i mean it doesn't happen as much there's not as much of a risk factor i just don't see the owners in the nfl you know accepting or you know agreeing to that just no they would the never they, they would lose too much money mm-hmm. you know they they would be they would be too much dead money where they're giving players money and they're injured you know what i mean if i was a player i'd go out and get injured get, get the money okay <laughs> you know save my head i don't know yeah i i think maybe you could co- find a compromise where don't allow contracts to be restructured on either side so if a guy is overpaid don't make him restructure to fit under the salary cap. You could still have partial guarantees and things like that where it goes down and you could still cut them. But how many of these guys either have their teams want them to restructure or cut them 
or players want to restructure or they hold out. Just whatever your contract is, that's your deal. Right. Live with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It, it's fair. But, yeah, you see that all the time where teams is like, all right, well, we need – Yeah, we, you got to go, you know, and it's and sometimes it's big names where they, mm-hmm. it, they just can't do anything about it. They just got to let them go just because of, you know, the sour caps thing. Mm-hmm. So I just think, it, like you said, and like Aaron Rodgers said, I think it would just be fun to see more movement. I think it will help players get what they deserve. Um, it'll also keep players around teams longer because, you know, a team's going to have to pay these guys um, when their contract's up rather than have the, you know, one, two, three years where they can just be like, tag you, tag you, tag you. So. Nobody likes that. No. It just makes everybody look Le'Veon bad. Le'Veon Bell, you know, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, not happy, you know, not really knowing what's going on. So, how about another one here? Uh, he wants to cut the preseason to a maximum of three games, yay or nay? That I mean, sure. It doesn't. If we get to the regular season a bit faster, I mean, four games. You can you can still have two games to to see what the you know these unknown players are all about and things like that, and have one game to warm up. I don't I don't see why I think, that's an issue. And then didn't he talk about off season? Uh, Lessing the offseason for veterans too. Right. Save saving the body, saving you know everything. I think that helps the players, and I think it'll it'll keep players healthy. Yeah, I think if you went to two preseason games, that's not long enough for the guys on the roster bubble. So they need some time to prove themselves. Four games, uh, it's it's overkill at that point. I think by week four, you pretty much know who's going to be on your team. Right. So I think three weeks is a pretty good compromise. And you know how many guys have gotten hurt in the in the off season or right when they come to training camp, something happens. And if you do lessen their workload for guys who've been on their team for what, three or four years, they know the system in Mm -hmm. and out. They don't need that extra work, make it voluntary or something because otherwise it's just a waste of time. And then it allows the younger guys to get more reps. Exactly. And especially when you're talking about seeing these guys getting injured more and more during the off season, Um, you know, how many knee injuries have we seen this off season so far, Mm -hmm. you know, record amount, and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's. I think that would be a good compromise. I could actually see that one actually happening, um, you know, in the, in the future. Now, he also went to the college game. He was just making an observation. Said he hates the college targeting rule, and it's kind of similar to now the NFL rule, the helmet rule. And he he said basically. A safety going in to make a big hit and picking a target in the midsection. The receiver catches the ball and then lowers his head. It goes from a legal hit to and helmet to helmet, or maybe shoulder to helmet, and you can get kicked out of the game for that. It, it seems, and it's so subjective, too. That's the problem that he has with the targeting rule and what we could see now with the NFL helmet rule. It, I mean, it's, it's all goes against you know what the defensive player it's it's all about what the defensive player is doing i've always been kind of just questioning it myself just because things happen so quickly like you said um you know i just feel like if, if a receiver ducks his head mid-play and you're already going for the tackle what can you really do about that in the long run you're going to be hurting more people um just because of the the players don't want to get kicked, kicked out they don't want to get fined um you heard dj swearinger talk about now it looks like we got to go for the legs or things like that, um, or you're going to see a, like a defender kind of pull up or something and hurt himself maybe, um, or try to get duck out of the way and hurt himself that way. I'm not sure. but Or just miss a play. How about the, the play in New Orleans? It wasn't a helmet-to-helmet or the, the Minneapolis miracle where the Saints Gotta player pulled up. up because he thought he was going to get hit with a pass interference penalty. You right. can get plays like that 
where they just give up. That's and an, yep. Something happens. Oh, you just had to bring that up. Mm. Yeah, but wait, it, why are you why are you upset about that? Because it was Min- I don't like Minnesota, man. I just I'm not a I'm not a Vikings fan. I was rooting for the Saints hard in that. Oh, one. okay. That one actually kind of got to me. You know, I'm not a Saints fan or anything, but I was a Saints fan for that game. I was so I was really sad. I was, <laughs> I was so sad. Um, it's it's really you know it is very subjective, and it's it's how how you how do you really judge it? You know, go to the go to the instant replay if the receiver's in the air. And the defender had nothing, could do nothing. Then you can't. It's like maybe. Do you look at when the defender starts to make his tackling position? Where's the head or something like that? Something like that. You're gonna you're gonna have to get in depth in the in the review. That's gonna slow the game down. Um, Something they don't want, but it has to be more equal. It it seems like this rule is is really just hurting the defender. And you see all these defenders getting mad. They're ruining the game. Blah blah blah. Um, I, I think I just it's a bad rule. I think it's going to be we're going to see just a lot of players get just kicked out of the game. It's going to be terrible. But at the same time, it's hard to tell an offensive player, hey, when you catch the ball, don't lower your helmet and protect yourself when you're coming over the middle. Right. Because what do you do? You're just going to stand up purposely and just get clothesline? Like, no, it's just a natural reaction to go down. But then it creates these penalties. Exactly. It, it, you know, and especially when things are happening so fast, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, I can see if it's if it's malicious and you see a guy actually, you know, you can kind of tell when a guy's just plummeting his head towards somebody. But, I mean, you got to have people there who can make decisions and be like, hey, you know, there was really nothing you could do about it. Right. I mean, maybe they could say if the receiver made a football move, you know, like they, they like to throw that term around and then lowers the helmet before the hit, then it's not targeting. But if he's just making the catch and then gets hit in the head, then it's targeting or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's an easier way to do this. There is, but you know, with the NFL and everything coming out with the head injuries, and, and then they're getting the heat for concussions and and things like that, and making the game safer. They're just trying to figure figure it out. And right now, I just think they're they're just going too much. Mm-hmm. Well, Rogers, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. He's just going off on everything now. He was upset. After practice on Tuesday, he was reportedly seen throwing a ball at practice dummies on the sidelines because he was that mad. Uh, Apparently, the scout team was running incorrect routes, and uh, he said it was just one of the worst experiences or practices he's had for a number of years. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I was saying the receivers, those young receivers that they've drafted, you know, he was just saying the effort wasn't there. Um, and I just think it's just one of those things where they're in camp now. I think the, you know, it, it's young guys not get, getting focused enough. I think Aaron, um, did what he was supposed to do as a leader and kind of just call these guys out. I'm not really too worried about it. Um, I think by the time, obviously the, the season starts, everything will be fine. I think it's just a thing where Rogers is trying to get light a fire under these guys and, and just clean things up a little bit. You know, there's a certain way Green Bay likes to work, and you know, obviously Mike McCarthy with all these phases he has in his off-season program. Um, I just don't think Aaron doesn't have time to mess around, and he's he's got a Super Bowl on on his mind. Yeah, and it's got to be a lot of pressure being on the scout team, being a rookie or something, not expecting to play, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, Aaron's going to be your quarterback now, so you better be ready." After they've been I mean, in camp, exactly. like maybe two weeks. You're talking guys on the roster bubble, you know in camp already nervous you know the pressure for these guys is so great because any one play a couple plays here or there could really decide you know decide things for you 
and like you said, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. You know, I would be nervous, real nervous, if mm-hmm. he was throwing me, throwing me the passes. Um, but yeah, he's been on scout team. Obviously, not going to play in the preseason game. But again, as a player, you just gotta you gotta make sure you're ready, focused, and take take these opportunities. And right now, they're just not getting it done. So, yeah, is he the best scout team quarterback ever now? <laughs> I would have to say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I'd put him up there. You know, it's also funny because I think if this were another quarterback that maybe the media didn't like, let's say Jameis Winston did this exact same thing. The narrative wouldn't be Aaron Rodgers lighting a fire. It would be Jameis Winston calls out teammates, is a bad teammate. It's just funny how some guys get the benefit of the doubt and it seems a good thing, where some other guys could do the exact same thing and they would be criticized for it. It's very true. It's just, it's, I mean, it, it's true. I mean, it's the, it's the way it goes. Um, some guys get favored. Obviously, when you're an elite quarterback, you're a face of, of the shield of the NFL. Um, I, I, it's the way you do it, too. I think it's the way you do it. Um, I mean, he called him out in the media. A lot of people don't like that normally. In other sports, I, we've you, seen it. You saw Jamon Moore. Uh, Jamon Moore was interviewed and was told that he was getting called out, and he was just like, you know, he's right. We didn't have a good. We didn't have a good day with the, that effort. Wasn't there? Um, I just feel like when someone like that of that stature says something, you listen. And I, I don't. T- you know, it's constructive criticism. You know, obviously he wants you to get better. And I, Jamon Moore, he said, you know, he was right, and we're going to get better, and we're going to come up tomorrow um, and do better. Yeah, he said Geronimo Allison, D'Angelo Yancey, and Jake Kumaro were the only ones that were actually good. Everybody else, terrible. I've been hearing a lot about this Jake Kumaro guy. I think he's never he, heard of him in my life. Never really heard of him in my, in my life either. Um, I get video sent from Green Bay to me every day, practice video, just raw video, and uh, Aaron was out there throwing to this guy. This guy is tall, athletic, long hair. They, I guess they call him white chocolate. Um, you know, lose Jordy, bring this guy, and he's perfect fit. Rogers is in the media talking him up, um, and I'm hearing the, the beat writer saying he has a really good chance uh, being the number four receiver. You're, you're talking about really? the other guys um, that they drafted from bigger schools. I mean, look this guy up, man. Hmm, interesting. So just just keep it out there. Okay, a little wide receiver drama. That's right. probably going to be one of the most important position battles, right? That yeah. last two spots. Uh, also, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, this guy that I was high on when they drafted him. Obviously, I think he's coming around now. I've been hearing some good things. He's just catching everything coming his way. So um, they got some options. Okay, all right. When we come back, we'll do our little high school football tease. Jake and I have been going around talking to coaches in the area. We'll also continue with our college football preview series. Stick around here on the Sports Pen. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Make sure you tune in this Saturday noon right here on ESPN-UP. We have our High School Football Preview Show presented by the UP Catholic Credit Union. We get all five coaches talking up their teams. Uh, you've been, you and I have been going around uh, to, to talk to different coaches. Have you gotten the same sense where everybody thinks they're going to be great this year? Everybody's riding high because I've talked to, to four coaches so far, and I left every single coach thinking that they were going to win the conference. It, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. I mean, what else are they going to say? You're really like, eh. We're not going to be so good. Right. You know, you ask me, you know, what are some realistic expectations? Oh, well, you know, go to the, make the playoffs, blah, 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 do this, do this. 
Um, you know, we, we like what we have returning. We have some playmakers and this and that. You know, very optimistic. I think we're going to have a really good year. It's just like, you just spoiled a nice show. Sorry. Every every coach <laughs> is going to say that. Um, yeah, I've been to a few. Uh, Marquette is actually a team um, who I'm actually high on. If they can come back, if they, they're in, uh, players who were injured, they're play, they got a couple playmakers. Uh, Drew Gale, Ethan Martish, two juniors last year who were all UP selections. You're talking about a, you know one of the better wide receivers, one of the better running backs. Um, I mean, they have a, the potential to have a really explosive offense. And, you know, I was there. I saw a lot of a lot of guys. They have an, another uh, – Caskey's back at quarterback. So anytime you're re, re, uh, returning a quarterback, that's a good thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, both of the guys are kind of recovering from injury. But if they can come back and be anywhere near what they were, um, as long as they could get past that early gauntlet of games that Market always plays in Every the beginning of the year. year. I know they got TC St. Francis first – First thing, who's eleven and two last season? Um, I was reading some, just some local previews of the St. Francis team, and and the kids are saying, you know, we're definitely gonna aim for the state title, blah blah blah. Every year, this is this is just normal for us. So, you know, if they can come out there, stay healthy, and just and not do what Marquette typically does, and and that's kind of just come out slow and and allow a couple big plays and get down early. Um, if they can just come out there and compete and just get some confidence. And obviously, when you have Drew Gale, I think one of the better runbacks in the league. I think, um, in my eyes, a preseason uh, player of the year candidate, and Ethan Martish as well. I I don't see why that that offense can't be really good. And then you got to look at the other side of the ball defensively. What do they got? And that's a big question mark because I'm not really sure. Um, but that offense looks to be really good. That's kind of the biggest thing I got uh, when you talk just to the players and coach. Uh, you know, if you, if you got try to stop Drew Gale, we got Ethan Martish, vice versa. So. We also went to Gwyn. We both talked to Coach Dion Brown. We're going to play a little preview clip, a little sneak peek, just give you a taste, a little bit of what he had to say, and you will hear on our preview show starting this Saturday. What is going to be different this year? What are these players showing you early in practice to tell you that it's going to be different? Uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. That showed me right away that these guys are hungry. You know, they want to come out here. They, they had a great offseason. You know, a lot of teams have a great offseason, but we work extremely hard here. And, you know, these guys lift all year round, even doing basketball season, track. A lot of them do tennis, but they're still in the weight room. Then the summertime, they're there every day. And it shows you, you know, we had 14 last year. We come out here, we got 25. So guys are excited. You know, they, they want to play football. They're excited and they want to play football. Got a lot of optimism from Dion too. Mm-hmm. They were pretty close in a lot of games, too, last year. They were close. I mean, one thing you can uh, expect from a, a team coach by uh, Dion, Neon Dion, is they're going to bring, you know, ultimate effort. They're going to play hard. Um, and, you know, they're going to do what is asked of, of, of them. Um, but you heard it there. His, his big issue for the past several years is just having players on the field when you talk about uh, just low numbers coming out to, to, to even play and then to, to players getting uh, you know suspended due to grades, which has been a big issue there in Gwynn. Um, Dion said, I, I just get, got back from, from Gwynn actually today, and he was saying he's, he's optimistic. He, he thinks the players, it's kind of clicking. Talking to some of the players, I said, at what point do you guys as players start to – you know, demand out of each other to stay on the field. And, you know, the, some of the players' response, you know, it, we just finally figured out, you know, how important it is to just be out here. It's, you know, a lot of our last years, and and we're right there. We were right there in so many games. And if we just had this player or this player, um, 
you know, we, we could have easily won those games. And I think um, the athletic directors and, and teachers are, are getting uh, are doing more to help help these players. And they're kind of getting all on the same page from, from, from what Dion told me. And I just think as players, it's at some point you just kind of it just has to kind of click and say, you know, I got to just get it done in the classroom. And that's that's key. Um, but when you talk about what they got coming uh, on the field, obviously Tucker Taylor, um, Deion said he's he's one of the best pl- pl- uh, football players in the UP. You know, will play any position for mm-hmm. him. Then you got Austin Forbes who played quarterback, just a great athlete. He's coming out splitting wide, and then you got uh, a new guy in quarterback who's who's he's really high on. Um, so you know that's you know you got a wide receiver, got a quarterback, then you got three running backs. I get you know three solid running backs behind him. Um, that's just going to be interchangeable. So I, I think they got they got a good base. It's going to be those def- offensive and defensive lines. And then, obviously, I think the secondary. Um, I was just out there watching their practice, and um, their secondary was getting kind of beat beat deep. So a little insight there. But I think, you know, it's still early, so you got a lot of work. You can work with these guys. Yeah, it's only day three of practices, so we can give them a little slack for now. It's just always fun when you see a coach, you know, uh, coaching, telling them, stay in the hip pocket. Don't let this guy get by you. Don't let this guy get by you for a few minutes and hammer it home, hammer it home. And what happens? The play goes live, and the kid gets beat, and uh, you know it's it's funny, but I, he'll have him right for the season. Do you have flashbacks of that when you were told that, and then you just got beat every single time? I, a lot of the times, man. You know, I was I played in the secondary. I was a, a cornerback, and you know I would move to safety. And the thing about that is, you know, you're put on an island, so you're kind of like you have the spotlight on you. When the plays, when when you're there to make a play, it's like everyone's watching you. Or if you have to make a tackle, it's normally when the running back or receiver's busting to the second level, running full speed. So I have a lot of just memories of me just lunging, you know, taking the angle from the far side of the field and, and catching this guy at the 10 and literally just lunging my body into this guy and just getting destroyed. Or, or you know, it just always seemed like I made a lot of plays, but when you got beat, you know, you, you're in position, but for some reason, you, you maybe the lights, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's the lights, Or for yeah. some reason, your legs just don't work, and you try to jump, and you just get beat. I don't know, man. Uh, I know how the kids feel, mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 going to be coaching, and I, I think they do have a solid, you know, they have 25 kids out, which is a decent number, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm optimistic for Gwen. Yeah, we'll get more little teases tomorrow and Friday on the Sports Pen again, Saturday noon. Coaches show preview. Check it out. Be there. Be square. When, when's your sports zone starting? Sports zone's going to start uh, first official week of the football season. I, I think I'm, I'm thinking early September. Okay. Um, early September, I think we'll get it going. Not 100% sure. We did a preview show last year, but I think we're just going to just kick it off once the, the, that first Friday is over with that following week. Um, on that Wednesday at 7.30, uh, Calvin and I will be back. We have a lot of big plans. You know, it got kind of crazy there at the end during the basketball season. We're going to try to, you know, tighten up the show a little bit. It's still going to be really fun, and, and we're going to do, do a lot of unique things. So definitely check it out. Um, they're just very excited to be back. We got a lot of good um, feedback last season. Um, and, yeah, we're going to make sure we, we highlight these kids, the, these great athletes, their accomplishments, and just bringing, you know, weekly insight and, and what to look out for and, and reaction from previous weeks. I think it's going to be fun. Do you have a competition set for what you're going to do, like you did for the Papa Shot Challenge in basketball? You know, we were thinking about it. We were brainstorming in a meeting the other day what what we could possibly do. I know they have those like those uh, you know accuracy things. Yep. We could do something like that. I was thinking about you know strapping up and just going into a practice and mm. running through some plays. 
um, something like that with a GoPro or something like that. So little things like that, just to get a different insight. Um, I don't know if I'd have to sign like a, a waiver or you definitely I, or you know or I might just not get hit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm getting a little bit old. I don't want to really. It's elder hurt, abuse. You know, elder abuse. And, you know, when I get, if I get on the pads, these kids are going to want to come to take me down. Oh, yeah. So it's different than basketball. But we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. We'll see what happens. It would be kind of fun to see a GoPro video of you in open space. Running back comes out, gives you a little one-two and just goes by you. And you just go, oh, whoa, oh, right. oh, oh, God. Right. I mean, I, it, I would watch It's that. very scary going out and, and uh, competing against these high school kids because in your mind – um, you know, I'm 29 year, years old. I still think I have like a little bit of speed, a little bit of athleticism. You know, I don't want to go out there and just all of a sudden, you know, just realize that like, don't. I don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, wow, these kids are a lot faster than me or wow, these kids are a lot stronger than me, which probably would be the, the case. Probably. But I'd rather just think in my head that I, I still got it. Well, we'll see if that works out. So maybe you could break your streak of losing at everything. Maybe win, win something this year. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So we have our college football preview series as well that we have to continue with to recap everybody. We're going week by week with Michigan and Michigan State, getting you ready for the season. Uh, as of right now, we both have Michigan 6-0. and I have Michigan State at 5-0. and You have them losing to Northwestern, so 4-1. and I had to throw one out there. I had yeah, to throw one out there. It's all right. You know, that's fine. So we're going to do two weeks for Michigan-Michigan uh, State. Uh, the first week, we'll start on the Michigan side for you at Wisconsin. Part of a brutal stretch in the schedule. Right, yeah. This one scares me a lot because one thing about Wisconsin is is you just know what they're going to be doing. You know what I mean? They're they're going to be running the ball. You know, they they obviously have just big Wisconsin boys on that those offensive lines. line is getting a lot of hype. Maybe the most hype for any offensive Listen, line. Listen, they've, they've had seen. a lot of you know. You see those Dallas couple of those Dallas Cowboy players from Wisconsin, um, Travis Frederick. You know, they they just grow. I don't get it. If you're an offensive lineman, that is the hit place to mm-hmm. go. That is O line University. And from what I'm hearing, like you said, this O line is said to be one of the better O lines. I know, like. Their their left tackle six seven, yeah, two six six guys. I think their center's like six five, three hundred something. You know, what do you do? Um, they got a really good running back. I think you know Jonathan uh, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, who came in, Gee, that's scary. And what does Wisconsin like to do? They like to slow it down. They like to play at their pace. Um, and and that's scary on the road when you're talking about a, a slow down, you know, grind it out game because anything can happen. This is the first time I'm actually like considering making Michigan lose. Obviously, okay. I just I just think they're gonna they squeak it out late. I'm excited to see Wisconsin's O line versus Michigan's D line mm-hmm. because two of the best position groups yep. in the country. See how a guy like Rashawn Gary handles those. I mean, if he can break through in this game, I mean that would really be impressive and show me something here. Right. Same with a guy like Chase Winovich. Right. Um, I'm just not really uh, high on the the Wisconsin passing game. I know they got they got the returning uh, at quarterback there, Hornybrook. Hornybrook. Um, it's not big on it. I think if they can stop the run, you know, I, I like their secondary. It, I, you know, pressure the quarterback a little bit. Maybe they'll cause a couple turnovers. Um, it's it, it's so hard with college football on the road. It's so hard to win. It's so hard to win. Yeah, I think if Wisconsin, all they have to do is not turn over the ball, and they're going to be. Such a good team, mm-hmm. but it's the quarterback play, like you said, that could hold them back a little bit. Yeah. So do you have a score prediction for this one? I, I wanted to say it's going to be like a knock it out, grind it out game. I think it's going to be um, 24-20 Michigan, 
Michigan squeaks it out. Okay. I'm going to go 17-14 Wisconsin. Nice, ugly, typical Big Ten run the ball, punt the ball game. Because mm-hmm. Wisconsin's defense is pretty good, too. I just have this like vision in my head that uh, you know Michigan's offense isn't going to be as bad. And they're going to be able to you know pass the ball. I, I know that secondary is uh, super young there for Wisconsin. Um, so I know they, they maybe return one guy on their secondary. So maybe they can take advantage. We'll see. But I know their linebacking course. I was just really going to say, though, so. offensive linemen and linebackers is yeah. what Wisconsin exports. Mm-hmm. And they're good at it. I think they got like an All-American middle linebacker there, too. Mm-hmm. So watch uh, out. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I, I think Michigan will squeeze it out. Okay. I don't think they will. Let's go to Michigan State side. They have an equally tough game at Penn State. Uh, this is a, a, a couple-week stretch for Michigan and Michigan State where they play some of their toughest games. Michigan State had trouble in Happy Valley last time. I've been on the record as saying that I think Trace McSorley is a little, a little overrated. I do, too. I was going to say it, it, it depends if this guy is going to play like how he is said to be because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. When was the last Penn State quarterback that had success in the NFL? seems like every time they get an above-average quarterback, they're hyped up as being the next great thing, mm-hmm. and then they do nothing. Yeah, the guy who, who was on the Jets. Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg. He did not play a single regular season snap. Right. I was telling people when he was still in college, he's not that good. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's so good. He's going to be a first-round pick, blah, blah, blah. Didn't play a single snap. No. He's out of the league yep. already. I, I think it'll be the same thing with Trace McSorley. I think so, too. I think he's just a little bit too hyped. Obviously, they don't have Barkley there anymore. Uh, they lost to Sean Hamilton. Lost a lot of weapons, but I don't know. James Franklin has that school kind of, you know, kind of with, with talent coming in, you know, being able to replace. Um, Michigan State's on the road. You're, you're making that face that you made when you picked the I, I know. Northwestern game. I, I, I'm. I, I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm you know I respect Michigan State and what they can do. You know I know they can go on the road and win games because I've seen it. Um, the style of play they have, you know, it's a, a grinded out you know play defense type of game, and and you know they're able to take the top off here and there. I think State wins this one. Okay. I think they bounce back and win this one. What's the score? I think it's it's going to be another close game. I think this one will be a, a low, low score, uh, probably 2017, I'll keep it. 2017 Michigan yeah, State. Michigan State. This is going to be funny because I'm picking Penn State in this one. Yeah. I think on paper, Michigan State is better, mm-hmm. but I just have a vision of this being an ugly game for Michigan State where they should win. They have multiple chances to do so. There's going to be an L.J. Scott fumble because that happens every other game pretty much. I think Brian Lewerke is going to have a pick or two. And Penn State is going to be mad, and they're going to want some revenge for what happened last year at Spartan Stadium when Michigan State knocked them off with that last-second field goal in the 10-hour game. So I think because of all of that, that's all going to come together, be a game that Michigan State blows at some point, so they're going to lose 24-17. So how about that? I did not expect that to happen. No, I did not expect that to happen. I just... I don't know. It should be a win, but for some reason, I just don't have a good feeling. I got them going to Penn State and winning and losing to Northwestern. Okay. It's college football for you. That is, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, too. It's just the craziness that happens. There's always those weeks where a team just doesn't come out and play. I just feel like that Northwestern game would be it for Michigan State. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm feeling it. All right. The The, big showdown is next. The big showdown. Should we save it for next week, or do you want to do it now? It's up to you, man. We We can do it right now. 
Let's knock it out. Let's knock it out. Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan blows out Michigan State. Oh. 40 to 20. 40 to 20. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Are you confident in this game at all? You know, um, I think this game is going to be pretty even. I think both teams are kind of, you know, they're right there. Uh, I, I like the fact that Michigan State has their quarterback returning and they got a good running back and, and things like that. Um, I do think Michigan's going to win. I, I don't know. That's fine. I mean, you you seem like you're ashamed to admit it. It's, it's okay. I, I just think they're going to win. I, you know, I, I don't. I just don't want to feel like I, people think I'm just doing it because I'm a fan. I just. It's not a hot take. I mean, it's it's going to be a good game. Right. I think Michigan's going to win. I just think they have. They have. I think it's their time. I think it's their year. I think they win this one. I think it's going to be another close one, man. I think they're going to knock out these close ones. I think it's going to be. 20, 27 21. 27 yeah. If Brian Lewerke can protect the ball and not throw an interception in this game, Michigan State will win. That would be the stat you have to look for because this is an opportunistic Michigan defense. You can't give them any extra possessions because Michigan State's defense can contain Michigan's offense. That's not my concern. But if you give them extra chances, that's what would worry me. Also, I hope it doesn't rain because if it does, then that's another excuse fest for Michigan fans. That's what happened last time. Exactly. Ridiculous. If, if there's any inclement weather, it only affects Michigan. That's that's how it works. Right. It doesn't affect the other team. Exactly. For some I hope reason. it's nice and nice and sunny. It's like the the rain stops when the other team has the ball, and then it just starts. That's again. what happened. Did you see that? Watch the replay. Okay. okay. Watch the replay. Anytime Michigan had the ball, you saw you saw the storm. It was like a tsunami. And then Michigan State, you know, there's like a break in the clouds. And then comes back to Michigan, and you know, there we go. It's tsunami again. You're just never going to let that go, are you? I just, I hate that. I hated the fact that it was storming like that. Can't we just have a neutral? For both teams. I know, but it's still you, mm. both teams. Michigan State still won, but I would have rather saw both teams be be able to do their thing mm-hmm. on a dry field. Okay, I want it to be like 60 and sunny. Well, it's going to be a night game, so 60 and clear for yeah. this game. No excuses for either side. Brian Lewerke, if he throws no picks, Michigan State wins 28-24. So there we go. It's going to be close either way. I wouldn't be surprised Michigan State loses either. So just trying to make it fair for you. Final segment coming up. Jake, you're going to relive one of the seminal moments in Packers history that happened 10 years ago yesterday. It didn't really affect me because not a Packers fan. But I want to hear your perspective on this. Stick around here on the Sports Pen. the sports pen here's blake froling final segment here on the sports pen blake froling jake durant with you here in studio 10 years ago yesterday one of maybe the most surprising uh, seminal moments in green bay packers history happened brett Favre became a new york jet kind of shocked the nfl world Mm -hmm. From a Packers fan's perspective, what was that whole time like for you? It's easy to look back on it now and just kind of be okay with it. Because you got Aaron Rodgers. You, know, you got Aaron Rodgers. You got a Super Bowl out of it. So it's like, okay, you know, in hindsight. But I was one of those. It, it was it was a weird time. You know, I was I was fighting with myself. You know, obviously Brett Favre, the legend. He was all I ever knew as a Packer fan growing up for the most part. Um 
but for me, I was just, I was just tired of, of him, you know, not knowing what he wanted to do. Um, it was just ridiculous. He, he came like flew into green Bay on family night and it was just like this huge fiasco, you know, more people were at like the airport or something I read <laughs> than the actual family night watching the actual team. Um, I just was kind of with the team. I think it was, I was just kind of ready for to move on. You know what I mean? Um, it was sad to see him go, but he was getting up there in age. You know, it, it was just, it was tough. It was just a tough, it was just a tough thing to do. Um, but it's, it's a business. So I was just kind of, I, 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 I think if he didn't drag it out so much, it wouldn't have been as hard, you know, I wouldn't have just been so like, just let's end this. It's ridiculous. That's all you heard about. Brett Favre coming back. Will Brett Favre, and he, he waited so long to tell people. I just don't get it. Yeah, it was weird. As a non-Packers fan, it might have been the most annoying story ever. Right. Will he come back? Won't he? He waited, like, way longer than he should. Yeah. You should, honestly, I think you should figure that out before the draft. That should be a deadline for someone who's thinking about retiring. Right, and to me, the longer you wait, the, the more and more, to me, it seems like you're, you're not wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have to wait that long, obviously your heart's not in it. Your love's not into it. So so what? So why? But, I, I mean, he did go to the Jets. They traded him. <laughs> got him to the Jets. Uh, and I guess, you know, indirectly it, it ended up that they made a couple more trades, I think, with the Patriots, got a first-round pick, and then got Clay Matthews for that trade. So, so it's it kind of indirectly, you know, got Aaron Rodgers in there, then you got Clay Matthews. So that kind of set the, the, the cornerstone for, for that title in 2011. You know, what if – Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good. What if he turned out to be another Matt Flynn or something? How would that have been viewed then? It would have been terrible. The the, the organization would have been looked at as, as obviously making a, just a terrible decision, but that's what they were fighting with as, a, as an organization. They weren't sure. Um, I think they had to wait until they kind of realized what they had. They had to have known Aaron Rodgers was some, some, something different to do that because, I mean, that, you're talking about like a god in Green Bay. You know, so it was a big it was a big risk that the the team took, and uh, luckily it worked out. You know, I think Brett Favre is welcomed back to Green Bay for the most part. Um, I think Brett Favre's kind of over it a little bit. You know, he's been to a couple games and obviously and things like that. And I think him and Aaron can get get along. So, do you are you over it? Are you hundred percent? I'm a hundred percent. You're over. It. It? Okay. I'm over it. How long did it take you? It took it took me until Aaron Rodgers was out there slinging, <laughs> slinging like once no one's. Sl- like, right. Once I saw him, you know, when he he came back and he realized he was that good, I I was over it. Sorry, you know, I, I was I was rooting for Brett Favre when he was with the, with the Vikings. Even when he was with the Vikings, I was like, I hate the Vikings, but I'm rooting for Brett Favre. I mean, you got to root for him. But I did love that when they lost. So I was I was kind of all over the place. He got almost killed by <laughs> Bounty Gate. Right. You almost wonder if he was on the Packers, would it, would he have brought them maybe maybe to a Super Bowl again? Right, well, because there's a lot of dominoes, like you said, with the draft picks and the other mm-hmm. trades. Who did they get, or what did they get in directly from the Favre trade? Do you remember? I think it was like a second rounder or a, a mid round pick, and then they they like packaged it and got like the Patriots first rounder because they they got B J Raji early in, early in that draft. I think it was like the '09 draft or something. And then later on, they took they took Clay with that that mm-hmm. Patriots first round pick. Wasn't that also the same year that Favre was on the cover of Madden? And they had the two covers, one with the Packers and one with the Jets. It might have been. I think it worked out for both for both teams. Favre kind of like stuck it to the Packers and said, hey, look at it. I was still good. Ha. Yeah, but then his Jets career was not good. His Jets career was not good, no. Um, I don't know. That just wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. I guess not, no. But seeing Brett Favre in different uniforms, I still can't get over that. That's weird. It's weird. You know. It, it, he did, he, it was, he was the Green Bay Packers. And mm-hmm. I was actually just at one of, one of my buddies' house, uh, and he has a, a – 
a Packers, you know, man cave bar area, and he actually had um, Brett Favre's uh, what it was Southern Mississippi jersey autographed. He had the Falcons autographed jersey. He had the Vikings autographed jersey. The Jets autographed jersey. Whoa. The Packers autographed jersey. It's hardcore. All lined up. I'm like, what? He had a, a Coca Cola machine with a cheap Packer fan on it. He had a bunch of Vince Lombardi stuff. Um, you know, Donald Driver stuff, a bunch of memorabilia that I was trying to get off him. Um, but it was an amazing, it was an amazing thing. To when see. are you moving in? Um, whenever he wants me to. I'm still kind of <laughs> figuring that out. Uh-huh. So, all right, we're out of time, Jake. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Looking back at some memories, mm-hmm. you're listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.